Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So, Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here today. Lord, I totally believe that they're not here by accident, but God, you got something to say. And so, Lord, I just pray that our eyes and our ears and our hearts would be open to hear you. Jesus, we know you're real. We know that you're real. We know that your presence is real and that your love for us is real, that your plan for our life is real. And so we just ask that all the things that want to stick to us, that keep us from walking in the fullness that you have for us, Lord, we pray all those things to be broken off of us so we can walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So listen, as I have, uh, you know, prepared for this morning, uh, as I was preparing for this morning in my mind, I couldn't actually help but to go back to what I actually preached on the first Sunday uh, in 2020. And uh, for those of you who are here, you might remember me talking about how I believed that over the next year, which was 2020, that God was actually inviting all of us uh, into a new journey where he was wanting to cultivate order in our everyday lives. Then I kind of followed up that statement with some of the different areas I believe that God wanted to bring order in our lives, such as these things, that He wanted to bring order into some of our marriages, our friendships, uh, how we were leading our kids spiritually, our personal health, our personal finances, our schedules, even as strange as it may seem, e- even the cleanliness in and around our homes. And the reason I said that is because so often what is going on around us really reflects what's happening inside of us. In other words, if it's junky on the outside, it's typically junky on the inside. And it's amazing how when we begin to clean up things there, things get cleaned up here. Uh, I could really go for a while in that, but I won't. Uh, The next thing is that God maybe want to bring order in our businesses. Uh, Even this, our leadership skills of knowing as the pastor, looking out week after week, seeing people that uh, you know that have leadership giftings and callings, but those things aren't stirred up. They're not woke in them. And so, uh, you know, that those things maybe wake up, that God want to bring order to that. And uh, most importantly, the thing that was on the list is that God wants to bring order into our personal walks, our personal relationships with Him. And then I added on that list, trying to give us a bigger picture for the next year, uh, just a handful of areas where I felt like God was wanting to bring order into our church family. Now, if you've kind of hung in there with us, uh, then you know Cultivate was a part of that, Anchor Students was a part of that, uh, but there's been some other things as well. Now, going all the way back, uh, the unique part to me about that invitation that God was saying, hey, come close, I want to cultivate some order in your life, uh, what was so unique about that was this, is I didn't feel like God was saying that the church or even our own personal lives were a total disaster, like they were uh, completely dysfunctional in any of those areas I just mentioned. But I just felt like really a strong desire that God was wanting to see a greater measure of, keyword here, of quality in our lives. So what I mean by quality is actually where we are being the best version of ourselves. It's where we are living up to our God-given potential. It's where we are coming in agreement in a greater way with Him and with His plan for our lives. And I think if we had honestly just take a step back, we would all agree that, man, there's plenty of room to grow in those areas. Yes? Yes, yes absolutely. Now, 
what's not abnormal here is this, is when typically when God speaks to me, uh, he will, he'll give me a verse that connects with it or a couple of verses that connect with it that I can kind of hold as an anchor that I go, man, I know that I know that I know that God spoke and this is what he said and this is what he wants. And so those verses tend to bring confirmation to me. And, and when it came to this about God cultivating order, the verse that uh, has kind of been my anchor verse is Titus chapter 1 verse 5. This is where Paul told Titus, he said this, he said, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. So that's what we're talking about, setting in order things in our lives that are lacking. And my hope is, is that we wouldn't maybe see that verse today as just some random verse, but we would say, you know what, there's a personal mandate for us in that scripture. There's a personal responsibility that we need to attach to that, not only as individuals, individuals, but once again, corporately, to see that part of the purpose of our church is to help bring order into this region. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Now listen, now going back to that first Sunday morning, once again, 2020, I want you to know that I left the church that day uh, feeling pretty confident in what I heard was from the Lord. In other words, what I shared, I mean, I really believe that was God talking and it was what he wanted from us. And I also left really encouraged because I felt like it was the majority of the church really grabbed a hold of it and said, you know what, we're in with you. Let's go. And I also left, lastly, just super excited because I was pumped to see what God was going to do, you know, in that next calendar year. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say it this way, uh, that, that I felt like not just that week, but the following weeks that followed that, that meant that there was a really good sense of, of purpose and momentum in the church. Uh, but obviously we all know what happened. I'm saying all this for a reason is that, you know, fast forward just three months, uh, you know, short months after that Sunday and to everyone's surprise, obviously we're all sent to our houses to quarantine. Uh, the church was shut down for an extended period of time. And in many ways, our worlds and our lives were dramatically changed, right? Turned absolutely upside down. Uh, so much so that as a leadership team of this church, uh, we pretty much had to reconfigure every single thing that we do uh, from a ministry standpoint. And I'll just say this, the majority of things that I talked about as far as restructuring and adding on that morning, man, every bit that had to be put in hold. It was like, it was like you got to release something and then you went, oh, let's put it on the shelf. Oh, yeah, it's going to stay there. And, you know, to be completely transparent with you this morning, um, even though I have looked back at the past few months and I've been extremely grateful for the incredible job that the anchor team, not just our staff, but our volunteers, the incredible job that they've done. And, and even though I've sat back and I've went, man, I'm so proud of them for facing every challenge that we've had head on. And they've met it, you know, with, with good attitudes, excellent spirit and a servant's heart. Because in reality, the reason I'm so thankful is because they all could have checked out and said, hey, man, you're on your own. Right. But, but thank God that they love Jesus enough and they love the church enough and they love you enough and care about you enough. They say, no, we want to see the ministry go forth. We want to see people taken care of. And I'll say this from a pastor's perspective, man, that's made me really happy and once again, really proud of those people. Amen. So in response to all of that, I've also been really thankful for, uh, you know, all of you guys who have been willing to adapt with us through some really uncomfortable changes because it's been awkward. It's been weird. And, uh, you know, it just is what it is. And you guys have been really good sports about it. 
So, you know, I truly appreciate, uh, you know, all the people that have been willing to see the importance of the church family and they've been willing to say, stay, I'm going to stay connected if it's either here in person or online. And I've just been grateful for the heart. And, you know, what's been neat as we have as we has done that, as we have done that as a body, it's been pretty neat to see God really draw, uh, you know, new, wonderful families into the church uh, that are becoming a key part of the church. It's pretty amazing how God can still move in the midst of a bunch of chaos. Right. And uh, and I'll say this lastly. Uh, you know, and this is just really a thank you moment. It's been pretty awesome to sit back and watch people uh, be so generous through the process. And so thank you all for your financial giving because you guys have really been incredible because most of the time when you don't trust God, the natural response is to draw everything in. But when you trust God, you understand the principles of God and you go, no, I'm going to give and God's going to take care of me. And I hope he's done that for you as you've been faithful to do that. And we certainly appreciate that. Now, here's the transparency part, and if you can, hang with me. It's kind of family talk today. Um, so listen, while on one hand, I've been super, uh, you know, blown away by how incredibly faithful God has been through all of this, right? And I've been super pumped to see how He's changed so many people's lives in the process. But on the other hand, uh, I'll say this, at least from my perspective, uh, you know, things didn't necessarily pan out the way I originally expected them to when I walked out of the building on that Sunday morning. Right? Like, did you expect it to be like that? I didn't, right? And I'll say this, so much so that uh, as for me, I have had my times with the Lord where I've really questioned and really doubted if I miss God or not when I got up a year ago and said the things that I said. And, you know, the truth is, is that, man, I've sat back at times and I've went, man, I feel like we, uh, you know, 2020 is a bunch of wasted time and there's loads of missed opportunities, uh, but I want you to know today, you know, what I've realized in the past few weeks is it's a reminder again that God rarely does things the way we expect Him to. That's right. Probably how many times in our life has God said something and we went and, it, and we thought it was going to be one way and it didn't go that way, but it ended up being Jesus? Yeah. Am I making sense? So here's why I'm saying that. Is a few weeks ago I began to think back to a portion of that New Year's morning message that I preached. And, and if you remember, you probably don't, but in that message, I talked about seven biblical examples of what happens when God's people choose to do things in God's order. In other words, what happens when we choose to do it God's way? And the seven examples were this. If you can't hold on to it, because there's a point that I want to make. In Genesis chapter 22, here's the seven things. In Genesis 22, uh, obviously we see Abraham, he's building an altar, and when he's building the altar, altar, he actually places wood on the altar, and the Bible says he does it in order. And what happened when he did it in order? We know that God showed up with provision by giving him a ram in the thicket. You know that's true, right? So the second thing was this, in Exodus chapter 13, the Bible says that the children of God left Egypt after 300 years of bondage, and when they did, they left in order. And what happened next? We know that people got free. The third example I gave was in Judges chapter 7. The Bible says that when Gideon and his little 300-man army held their torches, blew their trumpets, and broke their pitchers in the order that God told them to, what happened? We know that the enemy, God devoured the enemy. The fourth one was this, is throughout the Old Testament, we see when the armies of, uh, of Israel went out to battle, they went according to the order of their divisions. And what happened? God gave them victory. Hang in there with me. Then you see in 1 Kings, the Bible says Elijah was in a duel with the prophets of Baal. And when Elijah put the wood on the altar in order, what happened? We know the fire of God fell. 
In 2 Chronicles, the Bible says that the Levites worshipped in the temple according to their order and what happened. God's presence filled the temple. And the last example I gave was this in Exodus, when the priest put all the articles, such as the lampstand, the showbread, the anointing, and so forth, in the tabernacle of Moses in order, what happened? The glory of God came. Why? Because the point is, and I hope you still grab this and still remember this, it's because this, because glory always follows order. Yes. Amen? So listen, here's the simple point I was trying to make a year ago, is that from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible repeatedly shows us, literally starting in Genesis chapter 1, that God is a God of order. And that's why when God's people follow His order, great things happen. So the overarching idea here is this. We want to see, and I hope you do, you want to see God's provision. You want to see God's freedom, God's victory, God's fire, God's presence and His glory in your life. It's imperative that we all allow Him to do what? To bring His divine order into our lives. Because listen, you guys have heard me say it many times before. When we do it God's way. Somebody say God's way. Listen, if we do it God's way, what happens is if it's be in our marriage, if it's in our friendships, raise our kid, our finance, personal health, all those things, businesses keep on going down the list. When we do it God's way, we get God's results. And when we do it our way, we get our results. And those typically don't pan out that well. Yes? All right. So let's kind of shift gears here. Now, while I know every bit of that's true, right? Like all that's biblical, all that's true. I'm not really sure why I did this, but listen, I just, I walked out of the building a year ago, and I just assumed that we would kind of go about our normal lives, and God would do whatever He wanted to do to cultivate this order in our lives. So really we would just kind of go and do our thing, and He would do His thing. Now, obviously, that was contingent upon our willingness to come in agreement and cooperate with Him with what He was doing, not only individually, but as a church. But here's what I miss, gang. Here's what I miss by a thousand miles. Until I went back the other day and actually began to look at the seven examples that I just went back through. Did you notice how six of the seven examples I gave either happened right in the middle or on the back end of some extremely stressful, difficult situations? Like, I don't know why I went through them and just acted like everything was just going to be easy, right? But if we stop and we actually think about it for a moment, listen, with, with Abraham, for example, we'll start there. Here's the father of many nations, right? What was he on his way to do? He was on, the, on his way to sacrifice the son that God gave him. Now listen, if you've got kids in this room, then you know, man, that couldn't be easy. Not even on the days that you don't like them. <laughs> right? So, so listen, then there was the Hebrews who just literally watched God release ten plagues on the Egyptians. Water's turning into blood, right? Bugs are eating up everything. Livestock's dying. Uh, the firstborn of all the Egyptian uh, children are dead, right? So all of that chaos is happening around them, and that's all on the hills, one skin of 300 years of bondage. Then take Gideon. All of God's people, literally the entire nation of God's people were gripped with fear and intimidation because of the Moabites. So much so that here's Gideon, he's hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat, and the angel of the Lord shows up and all he can say out of his mouth is this, is that I'm the weakest and I'm the least of everybody that's in this country. And then you got the armies of Israel. Why do we have armies? Because they're physical battles, there's wars, there's conflicts. Then you got Elijah. Once again, he was smack dab in the middle of his own uh, you know, spiritual warfare there, right? Against 450 demonic prophets of Baal. And they were in this contest to see who could call fire down from heaven first. Right? And lastly, let's not forget that the tabernacle, guys, was built in the middle of a desert in a wilderness season. Listen, I don't know about you, but to me, none of those qualify as God's people just enjoying their normal, easy, comfortable, humdrum lives. 
Instead, it would appear like what? That through all these examples of order, that most of them came in the case of this, of some of the most challenging moments of their lives. So the simple point I want to make to you this morning is looking back over the last year, it would appear like we haven't been an exception to the rule. Like God didn't give us a pass because we're Americans. Yeah? So listen, while I, I will admit, literally, literally, as one person here, I never expected God to cultivate His order in our lives through difficulty. If I could actually give a more biblical word to that, I never expected Him to do it through a shaking. But that's exactly what happened, if we like it or not. Y'all hear me today? So the weird thing about all this to me is this, is I think it's so funny, and you've probably noticed the same thing I have, but man, I've heard so many people over the last three months who have acted like, man, they just can't wait to until 2020 is over and the ball drops in New York. And when the clock, you know, hits 12 o'clock, whatever, January the 1st, 2021, that, you know, somehow magically, this magical wand is just going to wave over the world and everything's just going to go back to normal, right? I'm like... Right. So, listen, I'm not sure why people have thought that that's going to happen. And, you know, I think it's probably because it's human nature to like easy and like comfortable. Right. Uh, That's just truth. But I have to tell you, listen, in spite of what so many people are hoping for, I honestly believe that this shaking is far from being over. Listen, I, I might not know and you probably don't know all the details that are ahead, but there's no doubt that it's not done. Right. It doesn't matter who gets in office. Right? It's not done because it's coming from another direction. Are you hearing me today? Listen, I know this isn't popular, but look at this verse in Hebrews with me if you can. It says this, Hebrews 12, 26. It says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. He says, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation, are you part of creation? Yeah, so it's talking about us. Will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Get that. So only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. Church, I have a, I have a news flash for you. Man, God is still coming back for a spotless bride. Yes, he's not coming back for a whore. He's not coming back for a harlot. He's not coming back, you know, for a church that loves everything else other than him. He is coming back for a spotless bride. And because of that, he's willing to shake things out of us so we can get what he wants. Amen. 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 For you ladies, man, that, that, you know, that were that have been married. Think about your wedding day for a moment. Making sense. It's amazing how we'll do all of that to fix ourselves up. For this moment, this 15, 20, you know, minute ceremony, this hour ceremony, whatever it is. But, but understand that it goes greater than that, man. God wants us to have our life like that before Him. That's pure, that's holy, that's our best. Am I making sense to y'all? Now listen, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear all this, but my mind immediately goes to Jeremiah chapter 1, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But what it tells us is this, is that God is willing to allow His children to walk through some of the, some of the most challenging things so that what everything that, is, that isn't of Him that's in us can be uprooted, torn down, destroyed, and overthrown so that through the process what is of Him can be built up, can be planted, or we can say can remain inside of us. In other words, I'll say it this way, that God in His infinite wisdom will allow our lives to be shaken 
so that what remains he will not only strengthen, but he will also uh, begin to bring further into order so that we can have a greater level of intimacy with him and we can be of greater use for his kingdom purposes. Gang, it's where we understand today that his ways are much higher than ours. All right, so I'm being clear today because, listen, I realize that a lot of us come from different backgrounds, and I want to I say something so we don't go in the ditch. Um, listen, what I'm talking about today is not the, the whole suffering gospel mentality. I don't think that's biblical. I think suffering's part of it, but I don't think it's the whole gospel. Okay, and listen, I don't believe that any more than I believe the belief system that some of us have came out of that simply says if you have enough faith, everything will go perfect in your lives. I'll just say this, neither train of thought is completely, completely panned out biblically or experientially. There's a balance here, right? So listen, so for the sake of that balance, let's not forget that no matter whatever happens in the years to come, guess what? God's intentions towards us are always good. Like if we can grab a hold of that, that God loves me, his intentions towards me are good. But at the same time to understand that there's a real devil that hates us. And at the same time, if we can kind of get out of the spiritual cloud for a moment, and we can maybe understand that guys, life is just life. And that things happen, right? It's like this, don't get mad at God because you drink 70 Cokes a day and whatever, you're having health problems. Life is life. Uh, that was free revelation. <laughs> So listen, so in spite of all that, here's what I've learned. I just want to share a thought with you this, is that in the midst of our struggles, however they come, in the midst of our struggles, our stresses, our difficulties, our challenges, I want you to know today that God often shows up on the scene so that he can disrupt our present situation to change things for his purpose and for his glory. You get a hold of that. God will literally disturb and disrupt. He'll, He'll step in. He'll mess it up. He's not afraid to, right? And he'll do this not only, you know, on the worldwide scale, but man, he'll do this in a nation, he'll do this in state, he'll do this in a region, and he will definitely do this in our home, and most certainly he will do it in our individual lives. How many times have we been saying, God, I'm comfortable, and I'm going this way, and he comes in, and he makes us really uncomfortable? Absolutely, right? So which means this, that if you and I actually want to see something different in our future, and I hope you do, I do, because I know there's more in Jesus than what I'm currently walking in, right? So if we want to see something different in our future than what we currently have, then we need to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to disrupt our our present lives in whatever way He wants to. Easier said than done, yeah? So let me, let me kind of add some. This may sound silly, but, but and I'm, I'm going to try to hustle here. But listen, unfortunately, when stuff gets difficult, when we get stressed out, when we're challenged, uh, how many of you guys know most of the time we don't respond in the right way? Yeah. <laughs> like, never in the right way, right? And if I can give you an example or an illustration to show you a lot of times how I think we respond, and we just maybe need to be aware of it so we don't do it, it's this. Is While I was preparing this, I, I remembered uh, a time when I was a teenager, uh, my great aunt, who we all referred to as Aunt Pookie, right? She, she came over to my grandmother's house. That's where I lived. And she began to tell my grandmother that a few days before that, she was driving through a small town called Aniana, Alabama. And there's only, there's one main street and there's about five lights in. I got two brothers that live in this neighborhood or this town. And so anyway, so she said while she was driving, uh, she drove up to a green light and she stopped. And she sat there and she waited for it to turn red. And then she drove through it. <laughs> like, anyways, and I remember my grandmother just laughing at her, right? So, so here's kind of the point I'm trying to make 
It's so often when we as believers encounter difficulties, a shaking, a disruption, uh, like my Aunt Pookie, right? We stop when it's actually time for us to move forward. And the point is this, is if we're willing to move forward, God can accomplish what He's trying to accomplish in our lives. But if we stop, guess what? He can accomplish what He needs to accomplish in our lives because we're not cooperating with Him. You know, on the flip side, and this is where discernment comes in, I've also seen many, many Christians, when it's time to stop, they just move forward because they set their eyes on something that they want. Right? And you need to stop and let God do what He wants to do. But, but I just want you to know this, is that, um, man, that if we could maybe stop for a second and go, man, why do I do that? Why, when God's moving, why is my reaction always opposite of what He's trying to do? Why am I always opposing the Spirit of God in my life? Why is He always nudging and I want to run the other way or I want to hold back or I don't want to let go of something? Why do I do that? Because we've all done it. Yes? And, and so, you know, and I think obviously there's plenty of reasons because we're all, you know, individuals. So there's probably a multitude of reasons. But one thing I do know is true about people is a lot of times the reason we don't is because we're too afraid. And so we're afraid to step out into the unknown because we have no clue what's going to happen. And I want you to know today, if you're going to walk with Jesus, if you're going to really live by faith, there's going to be loads of unknowns. And you just got to get comfortable with the uncomfortableness. You just do, right? If you want to do something great for God, you got to be willing to go, okay, let's rock and roll. Yep. Let me encourage you today, because I, I honestly think that the shaking that God wants to do in our lives, that He wants to do in, you know, in a broader sense, I don't think it should frighten us as believers. The truth is, if anybody should not be afraid at the moment, it's Christians. Yep. I mean, if you die, you know, heaven's not that bad of an option. Either we believe it or we don't, right? And so listen to this. Listen to Haggai chapter 2, just to encourage you. It says, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be afraid. It says, by now the Lord says, be strong Zerubbabel, be strong Joshua, or Jeshua, son of Jehozadak. Powerful name. It says the high priest. It says, be strong or be courageous, all you people still left in the land. And watch these next words. And now get to work. Why am I saying that? Because what he's really saying is this. It's time to move forward. Yeah. Be strong, be courageous. It's time to move forward. And why can we move forward? Even though, when we, why would we need courage? Because we're afraid, right? But those are the next words. It says, for I am with you. Man, do we believe that or not? For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Get that. That's what's backing us. Heaven's armies. Right? It's not some podunk. It's not three of our friends. It's, it's heaven's army, right? And he says this, My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. He says, So do not be afraid. Do not. Church, do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. And just a little while again, I will again shake the heavens and the earth. So if we can for a moment. Y'all hang in there. We're almost done. Okay? I realize today is different. It's okay. But, but, but listen... Um, if you can think back for a minute, however long you've walked with Jesus, right? If you've walked with Jesus for a while, you've encountered some difficulties. Yeah. You've encountered some disappointments. Why? Because life is life, yeah. right? And I'll just say this, man. Uh, in the midst of pain, in the midst of hurts and disappointments, when you got through it at the end of the day, have you ever just stopped and went, man, he really did work that together for my good? Yeah. Like he really did. Listen, I... 
I don't know about you, but I've been saved. I've been a Christian long enough that I can look back and go, God, thank you for not answering my prayers. Because you saved me. Right? Like, thank you for loving me enough for not giving me what I wanted. Right? That I can literally look back and go, man, he really did in the difficult times. All of those things I went through have really made me who I am today that I wouldn't trade for the world. I never want to relive it, but, but, I'm, but I'm glad I went through it. Am I the only one today? So listen, I want you to know today that I personally believe that this shaking or this bringing things into order can be an incredible opportunity for the church and for our church if we let it. And here's how. It's if we don't make it all about ourselves. Right? If we, don't, if we don't literally sit back and just all we can think about is our own comfort, but we actually get a broader picture and we get out of self-preservation and we just go, you know what, I, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm making sense to you today. Listen, I just, my fear is this, is if we continue to make everything about ourselves, there will be nothing more than a modern day Gideon that's hiding in a wine press and we won't have the impact that God wants his last day's church to have. So listen, once again, I think, I'm saying it's imperative for us to fix our eyes on Jesus and allow Him to bring order where He desires, allow Him to shake what He wants to shake. And listen, I believe as He does that, He will break things off of us that have needed to be broken off of us for some time. And not only will He break it off of us, but help us move forward. And as we move forward, we will be surprised, blown away by the miraculous things God will do on our behalf. Once again, we believe it or don't, Right? But it takes someone, y'all hear me, to go all in to get that. Yes. Let, me give you, let me give you, just in closing, uh, an example of what God can do in the middle of difficult situations. Look with me at Acts 16, please. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them, stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Then they were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. I believe that qualifies as a difficult situation. It says, the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were all complaining and worried about themselves. No, they were praying and singing hymns to God. They were fixing their eyes on the author and the finisher of their salvation. And it says, and the other prisoners were listening. Y'all please hear me what I'm about to say. If we're aware of it or not, the prisoners, the people who don't know God around us are listening. They're watching to see what we're going to do. And it says this, in the middle of them praising God, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. The prison was shaken to its foundation. Do you know he still wants to set captives free? It says, all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see that the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. This says, the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Notice who they ran to. It says, then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Come on, Jesus. It says, they reply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. I tell you all that today. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. So, just a thought. Did you notice that in the midst of the shaking, that Paul and Silas weren't the only ones set free from their chains? Y'all listen, they were the only ones worshiping. But they weren't the only ones that got free. Okay, because every prisoner who was around them was set free as well. 
And so much so, guess what? It led to the salvation of this jailer and his entire household. Now listen, I'm crazy enough to believe that God can still do miracles like that today. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So let's close with this. Because we've got to make this personal at some place, okay? If you can, what I want to ask you today, man, could you have the courage, if it's today or tomorrow or this week, just have the courage to ask the Lord a few questions, okay? There was actually a few people at our house the other night, and, we just, and I just said, you know, man, what would happen if you actually just prayed and asked God about that? Like, let Him speak into that. I think so often we, we run to everybody else, we get their thoughts, but we never stop and go, God, what's your thoughts? So if we can maybe stop for a second and go, God, is there anything in my life that you're not finished bringing into order yet? Because, guys, that's really what I'm saying today. Yes, I know what I said a year ago, and I believe it was Jesus more today than I did a year ago, okay, which is cool. But even though it may not look like I thought it was going to look, but the point I'm trying to make today is this, is God's not done. Right. It's clear that He's not done, Right. And so to ask ourselves personally and corporately, but more so personally for you, is God, is there anything that you aren't finished bringing order into my life yet? And wait on an answer, right? And to say, God, is there anything that you're wanting me to lay down? I have never made exchange with the Lord that I was disappointed in. I was scared at first, but everything I've ever given him, I never regretted giving to him afterwards. Literally ask ourselves today, Lord, is there anything, watch this, not only maybe that, that you want me to lay down, but is there anything that you're wanting me to add to my life today? Like so often we think about, well, we got to give God, we got to give, well, what about something He wants to give us? Is there anything I need to add? New identity, new mindset, new thought patterns, going down the list, right? Then I ask, Lord, is there anything that you're wanting to shake off or out of my life that kind of goes along with the other ones? But even this, y'all please hear this. To ask the Lord, have you stopped in any area that He's really wanting you to move forward in? Like, God, where have you spoken, maybe in the last year, two years, three years, and I have stopped? For some of y'all, it's been this, a prophetic word that God gave you, a promise that God gave you, and because of life you went, yeah, okay, and you stopped. And Jesus hasn't. I hadn't said that in any of the services today, so please hear me. That, that God has said something to you. Yes, it was Him that spoke to you, but you got to pick yourself up and you got to be willing to move forward if you want to see those promises fulfilled in your life. They're not going to happen automatically. Okay. Amen? So to understand even this, that man, God, is there anything, anything, really suggests anything you're asking of me in this season? And I hope your heart is, whatever He says, you say, yes, God, I am. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to do it, right? And so, you know, if I can encourage you today that, man, look, once again, I don't know what the next year holds, right? I, I don't know. You don't, I don't, okay? But, but I do know this, whatever comes, we need to stay the course. Yeah, we need to stay the course because he's faithful, amen? And we need to keep our faith because his word and his promises do not change. What he has spoken, he will fulfill, amen? And we need to fix our eyes on Jesus and not get distracted by everything around us and listen to everything around us. We need to fix our eyes and our ears and our hearts on him. And I just believe as we, can, as we do those things, we will be blown away by what he'll do for us. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.